Welcome <laughs> back, everybody. And good Welcome morning, Alpha Regiment Podcast. Guys, today we have a very special episode. We have our first guest, first European guest, first female guest, <laughs> first guest we do not know. And uh, we found her, I found her on Instagram through my twisted algorithm and uh, just randomly came across this person, went through her profile. May, may have stalked it a bit too deep, but uh, found a lot of interesting viewpoints and perspectives and ideas that I'd already been sort of pre-inclined to be interested in. So I just sent her a DM and said, hey, would you like to be on the podcast? And finally I convinced her and we have her now, Miss Ashley Velvet Frost. Say hello. Thank you. Very happy to be here. I think I'm popping a lot of your cherries. First European, first woman. So this is going to be a ton. Yeah, <laughs> a ton. For this. yeah we're, st- yeah. we're still looking to break into the American market. We haven't figured it out yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> Only overseas has worked so far. But um, so actually is a, let me uh, tell me if I'm saying this correctly. You're a, a neo-emotional release. Would you call yourself a therapist? Practitioner. Practitioner. And you do and anger, anger alchemy work. Yep. Anger mm-hmm. work. So, um, for the people who are listening, who are like, what the fuck are they talking about? Can you tell us a little bit about what, what that is, if, if possible? I think I can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I specifically don't use the word therapist because oftentimes when we think of therapy, we're thinking of someone who is sat across from you on a couch, listening to you for 10 years, just telling you stories and going in loops and loops and loops. And we are very much spending most of our days up here in our heads and actually a lot of the things that we can find inside of ourselves that are very crucial tools to clearing through emotions, trauma, things that have happened in your past are not going to be found in your ego, in your conscious mind. That's actually going to be found in your body. So as a neo-emotional release practitioner, I work in person, but I also work online. Um, You are connecting with people's body wisdom. So working with the fascia, the myofascial tissue that's working through your body where you find like stiffness and soreness and all of these symptoms that are starting to come up in your body. The method that we work with is basically a form of psychology, body work and energy work and is really getting to the core root of what a blockage is, what an imprint is that's influencing someone's health or their mental health or any of their behaviors in life. It could be relationships, et cetera, et cetera. Like the list is endless of what I work with. So yeah, I'm working as a practitioner for this. And through my journey, anger was coming up a lot, a lot, a lot, like in my own initiation of life. So in the last two years, I've really been working specifically with that emotion. So you could say I'm an anger coach, but realistically like anger is the gateway emotion to all the other ones. So once you're working on that, Sadness comes, joy comes, fear comes, pleasure comes, all of those things um, afterwards. So yeah, that's really what I've been working on. And I work with the institute that I trained with. So I'm also working on the business side, managing the retreats and the trainings because my background is not hasn't always been this. I came from corporate, I came from burnout and I've now found a way to like incorporate my old skills, which I really love. I love to be organized. And now I love also working with people and helping them free themselves from essentially themselves yeah that is what i'm doing yeah Yeah, i i like uh some of the things you were touching on there especially like with where you feel your emotions like physically because that's something a lot of people don't focus on when they go when they go through things but i read that quite a bit in the the last year i went through some pretty tough times and a lot of what i read actually told me to focus on where am i feeling it you know am i getting like you know stiffness in my neck and all that you don't really think think about that. that as you go through it but to me, it only it always stopped just kind of there with recognizing it, because then <clears throat> I think all it was trying to do was help me realize, is this emotion coming on? You know, is my do I feel that tension in my neck? Am I about to start freaking out about this thing? You know, but it was never like, how do you release from 
there. It was always just more of a, a warning sign that, oh, my neck is getting tense and my I'm rubbing my hands together. Something's going to come out, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really want to add, like, think we know that body parts relate to emotions. Like, think about the cliche, like, you can die from a broken heart. Like, if someone's really stressed, their shoulders are really stiff. It's like, oh, let me rub your shoulders or you're nervous mm. and you've got those butterflies in your stomach. Like, it's such a cliche because we know those emotions are actually linked to those parts. And one aspect is, like, you've never really been taught how to release like to realistically like i shouldn't have to have this job if we lived in an ideal society like if kids and adults knew how to connect to their emotions and have permission to release them without shame without being worried about other people judging them then like your body would just be working in complete flow like you'd feel anger it comes up it goes you feel sadness it comes up it goes but that isn't really happening at the moment. That ability of like, okay, like my shoulder hurts right now. Okay, am I, what am I feeling right now? Oh, okay, I'm feeling tense. Okay, I'm feeling a bit anxious. Can I allow that I feel anxious? Mm, that's, mm, that's kind of uncomfortable. Mm, not really. Okay, then you just stay with that. And that could be all you get to for that point. It doesn't mean that like every time you're going to release that emotion and you're going to like be healed. It's more like yeah. starting to find that like symbiotic relationship with your emotions and how your body is showing up. Because it's I, I don't know if you read the book like the body gives uh, body keeps the score, but that was like the that's it's really in the last couple of years people are starting to realize like oh hold on like, actually my body is just showing exactly like what is wrong and we pull our autonomy on like doctors and we put it on the healthcare system for them to tell us when in reality you can actually just go inside and almost speak to these parts like. If you have a shoulder, be like, go in inside. This is what we do in sessions. You like go inside and be like, hey, okay, like, is this a part of me? Okay, there's a part of me right now that feels anxious. Okay, can I allow? Yes. Okay, why are you feeling anxious? And like your your intuition, your subconscious, it gives you the answer. But we're just so trained and skeptical of any of this kind of stuff that we're we're like, no, no, no. Like unless a doctor tells me something, is that it's not that we've lost this like intuitive connection to our body and how to how to listen to it as well yeah i feel like um okay. go ahead you can go ahead Ty. i was gonna say i think it's just uh very interesting the way you put it uh practically the butterflies in the stomach is related to like nervousness and ten tension is related to like your back are there like other examples that maybe people um have commonly and they don't really think about it like being associated like oh my body's doing this this was this must be like the subconscious emotion that I'm not like dealing with. Are there other examples of that? Yeah, and I can also tell you why that's the case. Why we're mm -hmm. so out of it. Like really imagine this and it's kind of relevant because I'm staying with my best friend who has a baby. Like from the moment we're babies, we are trained to not trust our body signals. Like you you wanna you wanna cry and no one comes to get you because they're sleep training. Like you know that you, as you grow up a little bit, like you start being like really happy and someone's like, no, don't, don't be so loud or as, a, as men, it were boys if you start crying it's like no like don't cry right now stop being yeah, no, yeah. like we're so often told to ignore our body's si si um, signals like i remember as a kid i really like there's some relatives i didn't want to hug but then your parents are like no no like go hug them it's your auntie or it's your granddad but in that moment my body autonomy was like no like i don't want to hug anyone and they force you to go over your boundaries at the expense of someone else's needs or their ego and we're just like so many ways growing up just learn to ignore what our bodies say. So then as we mm -hmm. get older and we're like, we're working, but we're tired. So what do we do? We have a cough, whereas our body probably needed a nap, but we can't do that because we're working in a system that means we have to work. Yeah. Like you're around someone and you're like, you don't really think that you don't really agree with what they're saying, but like you're kind of holding back from saying stuff because you're like, I don't know if I feel I can speak right now and express myself. We're always just like second guessing the signals our body gives. Like an emotion comes up, 
I had this for myself working in corporate. Like I wanted to cry sometimes. Like if something happened and I was really overwhelmed and then my whole body is like wanting to cry and I'm like, no, like you're in a meeting, like don't cry, right? push it down. Don't be a fucking human being. When in reality, like that's, that's what we are. Like it's supernatural. Like your body just wants to cry. It may cry for three minutes. It's already passed. And then you can move on with your day to the next thing. And we're just, well, we're just ignoring it inside. Yeah. Ourselves. Yeah. I, absolutely. I was actually going to touch on that when, uh, uh, what you were saying earlier too about like, you know, it seems like children and, and babies. Cause my, you know, uh, I had a, a, a nephew recently pop up into my life. Um, but uh, it seems like they have no problem with that. And from, from the onset, we're definitely trained to, you know, suppress those feelings. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, th just on that last thing, too, with especially like crying, I think people don't understand some of the, the like some of the physical things that are happening. Like the reason we cry is, you know, your, your tear ducts actually release some of the chemicals in your brain. They help balance your brain chemicals. When you cry, it's because you need to balance those chemicals in your brain. But people yeah. are, you know, you suppress that constantly, yeah, especially, especially as men. That's we see all the anger and stuff. Things, things don't get regulated the way they're supposed yeah. to. Yeah, it's. It's always, I mean, it, we can go into the anger topic at some point. Uh, um, it's very interesting because the, the emotion of anger and sadness are actually hugely interlinked. And I mean, I work like, I'd say like 80% I work with women and their problem is they don't feel their anger enough. Like it's so deep and suppressed and they're just like, they'll just cry instead of be angry or they'll just be the good girl. They'll be really polite. And it's like that emotion is like very deep for them to find. But the sadness is super easy. But then with the men that I work with, it's the opposite. They can very easily sometimes tap into this emotion of anger, but underneath that is actually like a little boy that just needs to be held because maybe the dad was not there or something happened or there's whatever developmental trauma or incident happened or progressively happened growing up. This space is just not given there or permission is not given for men to be allowed to be sad. So instead there's hyperaggression. And then you see that in the world. Like we work, we live in a world that's mainly run by men and there's a lot of aggression going on in this world, war, rape, abuse. And this is coming because actually like there's a lot of sadness there, but it's just not allowed. Even like you think of Putin or someone like there's actually just like a sad little boy under the whole facade that just needs to be like seen by his dad. And that's not happened. So he goes to war with another country. Lovely. <laughs> I mean, it's a very big Wonderful. example. But like <laughs> what happened that in is... that trickle down, you see that with like, the, if you think of men in your life, like I always love the idea of the, the like, the macho guy in the gym who's just like, yeah, like the gym is my therapy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but when did you last cry? And they're like, yeah, like 15 years ago. And you're like, That's a big red flag, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so you think that maybe Putin invaded the Ukraine because of daddy issues? So yeah, maybe like, yeah, I'm one of those boom roasted. <laughs> Putin's a crybaby bitch. <laughs> um, so while we're, on, while we're on the topic of, uh, of childhood, I wanted to ask you, this is one of my I, I ask this question a lot to like family members and stuff. What is maybe not the earliest, if you can't pin it down, but one of, or some of the most formidable earliest memories that you have in your human experience? I'm going to call it like impactful memory. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is one that I've also brought up with my own therapist, but I like specifically have memories of my parents, like arguing a lot when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like we had like a, a you call it a basement, we call it a cellar in English. Um, we had a, a basement and I specifically remember like my parents arguing and then I would like run and hide in the basement and like cry and I'd be like holding myself and like crying, crying, crying because it's like, for me, I remember feeling it's like your parents are your like rock, your safety. And if they are arguing, that feels like very, very scary because you feel like yes. your whole world is crumbling and you can't really control it. 
And it's not that they were, there was not like violence or aggression. It was more just like, they don't know how to regulate their fears. And it was about money often, but then they would like, just, it's like two kids arguing basically. Now I see this as an adult. So I remember then like going and crying and that's something that's like, a child should not have to be alone in those moments. Like a child age, like six, I think I was at that time. You don't know that your world is not going to end. Like you really need an emotionally regulated parent to hold you and just hold you until you stop crying. Like I'm here. You don't need to stop crying. If you need to keep going, like cry, I'm here. Like you're not alone. And I mean, you see this with, that's what gentle parent and uh, people are doing gentle parenting. When the child is expressing an emotion, they're allowed to let that emotion complete, not be like, oh, this is really inconvenient for me that you're crying right now because I have ex I need to work or I need to do this. But just like sitting with the child, letting them scream if they need to, letting them cry because their nervous systems are so much smaller and like, there's so much energy moving through. They can't verbalize everything that's happening to them. The experience is so intense. And I don't, I barely know anybody in my field that has had parenting like that. Like all of us have had in some degree not had our needs met or validated when we needed them as a kid. In that moment, that was the same for me. Like I really just needed someone to come and be like, it's okay. <laughs> like you're not dying right now, but it feels like you are dying because your parents are colliding like two big storms or something. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, uh, especially on the topic of parenting, I feel like that's going to become a, that's, that's going to bring a lot of issues in these like younger generations, especially because of, you know, the, the present yet absent parenting technique of just tossing an iPad at the problem. And that was only exacerbated by, you know, COVID-19 when everyone was working at home. And it's like, I can't have my kid freaking out right now. And we just slap them in front of screens and that, you know, will quiet them. But what, what is that doing to help them regulate or learn how to actually operate within, you know, human society other than just becoming more dormant? and non-feeling yeah. it's almost like a very dehumanizing practice you know yeah so actually how do you think the oh sorry go ahead go no, ahead. okay i just wanted to add like it's such a tough angle because it's like also covid was such an intense period for parents like i cannot imagine like, i was zooming with co-workers and they've got like three kids at home with them and they're doing their job and that like i, I cannot imagine to comprehend and that's also like a lot of the clients i've worked with like they are parents like a lot of people i work with are parents who are having a lot of issues in terms of like how do I regulate my anger? How do I regulate my emotions? Because unless they can regulate, your child is an exact mirror of you. So oftentimes when there's things going on with the kid, they're just mirroring back what they're picking up in the parent, but the parent is unconscious of it and it's being passed already down to the child to express. So it's, uh, yeah, COVID was horrible in that sense. Terrible. Yeah. But Tyler, you were gonna say something before I was chatting? Um, I guess I was gonna ask like, do you think, upon reflection, do you think, uh... That was like the first domino to sort of fall to lead you into this uh, profession and sort of lifestyle. I would say that I was, to be honest, and I didn't know this, but I was depressed since I was 12. Like, my parents are depressed, but I just, I just thought that's just what existence was, was to always be like slightly melancholic. And it kind of sent me on this journey of like personal development. So I kept like reading the books and understanding like, how do I find my purpose and my values and like, how do I be the best at my job and success and all these things? Because I kept coming at it from the head. And it's only when six years ago, I had a like full on body burnout for my job where like I couldn't get out of bed for two months. And it's like, doctors couldn't tell me what's wrong. Nobody could really give a diagnosis. They're like, mm, you have chronic fatigue. Like it'll go away in like one to two years. Off you go. We can maybe give you a therapist if you want, but like they're, they're useless. So it was kind of, that was really the trigger where my body stopped working in my favor and that sent me on the path of really looking into emotions and it was a brutal initiation like I'm not going to say the last like five years haven't been like intense as hell 
Like so many things had to happen where like my emotions fucked me up in a way where like you act really badly or you act unconsciously or you're acting from a place of like, selfishness or hurt or grief. And then at some point I was like, this is not how I want to live my life and something needs to change. And around that time is then when the training, I like, it, it was like an advert on Instagram and I was like, emotional release. Hmm. I have no idea how to deal with my emotions. Like, okay, I think I'm going to join the training because I've like quit my job by that point and was trying to be a coach. I knew it was something I needed to do. And yeah. So I don't think it started early, like age six. But So it was an Instagram ad that sort of turned you on to this. It's actually how we find most of our people. Like everyone sees this, the, the kind of video, we, the videos we have. And I mean, people can, on the, the listeners can also go have a look, but they're really like intense, some of them. It's like you're seeing like raw expression of human emotion, like anger or sadness or joy. You can be hella triggering, see people happy. And um, yeah, like I just saw it and I was like, I need to learn this. Like I, d- I didn't even know like where it was, how much it was. I was like, I know I need to be here. And then I don't know if you guys believe in things like synchronicity, but it was actually in Hamburg, which is the city I grew up in as a kid in Germany. And that's the- where I was sat in the basement was in Hamburg. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go back to like, go to the roots, like the origin of where this all started and did the training there as well. So did you do the training before you actually ever, uh, experienced that for yourself or did you have an experience uh with other practitioners using this technique and then decide oh i would like you know to pursue this i had zero zero sessions zero experience with it um it was also only the second round of people ever training in the method um and that's actually honestly like at the moment i'd say like 60 percent of people join us with before ever having had a session because they just they're just like I know that this is something that I know. Is this like a is this like a widely accepted practice? Is this something that's been going on for a while, or is this a is this kind of a newer thing? Like how is it how is it viewed by like the the psychiatric community? Yeah, so it's actually the word neo actually stands for like new. So emotional release has been around for like forty years. The founder of like emotional release is actually now in our team. He's like seventy five and he's joined us as like one of our team members. The method used to be much more like bodywork focused. So like you go to a session and they're like poking your body like with intense pressure and like of course releases are happening. Like if someone prods you in your psoas muscle for five minutes, of course you're gonna like scream in anger at some point. The thing is that these were this is not really that suited for people who have like very subtle traumas. Like if you've got sexual or physical abuse trauma, someone coming in and like poking your body really intensely is like an it's gonna trigger like PTSD. Like it's actually not what the body is needing in that and what's kind of come about with neo is that incorporating psychology and the like parts work in particular i don't know if you guys know about this but it's like gold if you want to look into parts work you can do this with yourself but incorporating that that into the body work means that you're actually like getting to the root like in breath work yes you release emotions but you don't really know like which precise event or moment clear so you're always getting like a certain depth but with neo you can get to like such a depth that people come out of it and they're like that session was like five years of therapy in like an hour and a half and yeah it's still relatively new in the whole in the scientific field like we have a lot of therapists joining us for the trainings and in america i mean now only because uh dr g i don't know if you've heard of him but he's based in la he's been bringing more and more like events and things to the to the usa market because we're primarily europe based and um yeah it's just like there's a wave growing right now and i think that's why it's like we're filling our trainings way ahead like we've filled up already till next spring all of our trainings and it's it's just really needed 
at the moment. There's not enough people offering this. So, so would you say this is like a, a good starting point for a lot of people who are maybe skeptical about therapy or a lot of people who kind of go through life like I should I should think maybe to themselves like, oh, I should talk to someone, but like I don't know if I really need to. Like you think this is a good place to get started because it's not as much. I feel like a lot of people who don't have those deeper, larger traumas uh, don't don't think that they need therapy. They may, they may brush up against the idea, but they not, not ever like follow through. So do you think this is a good like gateway or starting point for a lot of people or do you think this is more niche yeah no it's it's good to say this because like i remember having a really horrible discussion with my ex-mother-in-law because she was just like this is just a bunch of like privileged white people thinking they have problems when they don't because she was like i've worked with like kids who have like serious trauma and that's the only trauma that counts and it's like it was such a at that time it was like really infuriating because i like didn't have the like capacity to really come up back at her it was also like hella depressed so i was like maybe she's right blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and basically I was, there's two different ways you can look at trauma like you can look at trauma that's like the really big traumas which are things that shouldn't have happened and then there's also smaller traumas which are more developmental ones which are things that should have happened but didn't like being hugged enough by your dad being given enough space by yourself or like not having annoying siblings that were like in your way or things like things that are more around like nurturance so it could be that your parents were too strict or they were not strict enough like both ways can kind of mess you up a bit. like for myself and a smaller trauma is that both my parents are like so disorganized that they would just pick me up late everywhere every every time like minimum half an hour i'd just be like sit there and it's like it's not like a hugely traumatic event but like that cumulative every other day being late picked up and you're just stood there and you're helpless because you're like nine or ten and you can't drive yourself yet those still are like really annoying because a part of your ego is like fuck you guys sorry if i don't know if i can swear on this or not but like there's a part <laughs> oh you can fucking you can swear on the fuck you want you can, yeah you can say whatever the fuck you want because <laughs> yeah, of british and we swear a lot as well like there's a yeah, we got a, we got a thing here like, in the states called a uh, freedom of speech go yeah. ahead <laughs> like your child's ego also deserves the space to be like raging and anytime like my mom would then get me and i'd be like you're always late and she's like shut up i'm trying to do my best blah 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 like these are mm. also traumatic events but we don't allow that to be so oftentimes yeah people are like i don't need therapy like nothing i'm not adopted no one died yet like nothing intense i wasn't abused that i know of like all of these things that are big things that they like, don't see so when help. people come into sessions like this it could be like something so simple that like um you're maybe always having a relationship dynamic that repeats with partner after partner after partner and you're like i don't understand why this is happening like why do whenever at some point i let people in close then i close off and i can't attach i can't connect with them anymore like that is still something to to dig into and that could take you 10 years to do with a therapist or you do a session and then if you're feeling like your body is ready and open you'd be like oh it's actually because Anytime I went to see my speak to my mom, she never had time for me. So I learned that even though I love my mom, I it's better to close and not connect with her. And that's the thing. Like these sessions can be, yes, they can be intense. They could be like crying and yelling, blah, blah, blah. But they can also be super mild. Like a release could also be like one tear. It could be one aha. You're like, oh shit, that's what's been going on all this time. Like that is also a release. Like that is also an emotional release. So I think for a lot of people, they assume that you have to be wanting to have like big intensity and all this like theatrics, which is what you see on the Instagram. And like, yeah, I makes really for good content. Say. Exactly. It's like people are like, oh, okay. I'm kind of drawn in by this, but I've had some of the most like touching sessions I've had with people have been so gentle because it's just about bringing, like integrating yourself 
parts of you back again like you're all scattered and there's like people's influences all in your body and in your life maybe a teacher maybe a bully maybe someone a first partner like all these moments are like still we're still carrying them around and it's just about like letting go of those and reminding yourself like actually this is what is me and that's that person and I'm ready to let that so um i don't think you need to be like niched i don't think you need to be years deep in this work but you do need to at least be open and curious as to what's going on inside so yeah like if someone comes to me and they're like they're like i know I well if they say they know they need this then they're already open. but if somebody's like i don't work who aren't who are skeptical or like who are not like can give me like 10 percent of curiosity and if that's all we get to on that day is like that little bit of curiosity then that's perfect but if someone it, i wouldn't work with someone if they're just like i don't believe in what you do and i'm just here because someone bought me a session and i'm here because i don't want to be then i'm, like, I'm not going to work with you like i don't need that money like it's going to be a waste of time for both of us like you have to kind of meet each other part way in a sense as well so you're from hamburg right no i'm actually english oh okay. yeah um i'm well british i should probably say bottle <laughs> water yeah <laughs> um i'm british i grew up in germany and I'm, in hamburg mm -hmm, in hamburg and brady brady kissed yeah. a girl from hamburg no she was from warsburg oh sorry Wait, what's it called warsburg warsburg Look at him, yeah. he's blushing. I can't do it. With the W. I'm not <laughs> blushing, it's 98 degrees no, it's, outside it's, in Florida. It's so weird yeah. because I, I studied there for one year, that's why I'm like, I, I did a year abroad at that time. It's hilarious. Oh. It looks like a sweet um, place, I've never been. It's, super, it's actually like an hour from where I am right now. But I, yeah, the last like nearly nine months I've been traveling nomadic because we're doing so many trainings. And, like I was in LA, I was in Mexico, I'm in Europe for the summer. And um, I'm coming to Florida next so oh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're in Florida. I'm, I'm gonna go to Orlando with my oh! that's like that, so my my town is like smack dab between Orlando and Tampa I'm like an hour from each perfect then you're gonna have a session next spring that's if I'm not that's if I'm not in Atlanta Tyler don't count me out yet <laughs> all right yeah, so, um, yeah so and then I've been in, in Amsterdam and Holland for like the last six years aside from now that I'm traveling so that's like actually my base because I don't really want to be in England so yeah. What's what's your uh, what's your beef with England? Mm, things Stinky. don't work so well over there. Like yeah. I don't know if you heard mm. of the thing called Brexit. Where like yeah, we, I know about that a little yeah, bit. Where I mean, if people don't know, like there's a thing called the EU, and it's a great thing because then you you can travel easy, you can live in different countries easy. It's just a lot easier. And the UK was like, yeah, we don't want to be in that anymore. And I was like, well, I feel quite European. I grew up in Germany, and I. F I just think things work better on the continent. Yeah, just a, yeah. Like, I can totally thing. understand that. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how it, it really should be over there since everything is, is very connected over there. It's, it's, it's a lot like the States. I feel like people have a, a, a different understanding of Americans and feel like we don't travel much because we don't all leave the country all the time. But if you've ever been here, you'll realize like I could drive eight hours today and I'd still be in the same state. Whereas right. if you drove eight hours today, you passed like three countries. <laughs> like so. Yeah, like honestly, if I drove like two and a half hours now, I could be in France. Yeah. Whoa, that's sick. <laughs> and if you drive like a couple of hours down, then you're already heading towards Spain and Portugal. Like it's yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've always I've always kind of thought of, of all those countries like like how like how we have the states set up like they're just states but the, they're localized and they all have a lot more of their own culture because uh unlike coming up quickly through industrialization they were all kind of stuck in their you know little towns for hundreds of years so it's pretty cool yeah I you mean, guys it's also oh sorry times, but it's I don't know. Have you guys been to Europe yet? Tyler, have you? I haven't. I haven't. No. You guys eat beans for breakfast. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah. that's a weird thing, yo. <laughs> People do that in South America. Like, why is it just <laughs> you beef on the British for that? All right. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
you guys yeah. have to say it for breakfast, like pancakes. Like, come on, that's we yeah, we, you can't smart. lie. We have we have that's the best, smart. We have the best breakfast. We have top tier breakfast. Yeah, nothing <laughs> like two thousand calories to start the day. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, we invented our breakfast. We go work work out in the fields all day, but no one works in the fields anymore. So you know, when you uh, eat your three thousand calorie breakfast to get started on the day. And then honestly, I need five naps at lunch or at, at work. <laughs> I've been to the states a couple of times, like New York, Florida, LA, and your your portion sizes just like blow my mind. Sorry, like I you you order something and then you're just like, okay, amazing. Like, they're like, no, this is like just the starter. I'm like, this is double the size of my meal. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. Yeah, we we live in excess. It's it's kind of ridiculous. I agree. Yeah, it's, un, it's unnecessary. <laughs> That's why we're the best. <laughs> what do you guys think? Like, what do you think the most like repressed emotion in America? Because I mean, you guys are there. You're, What's the are. most repressed emotion? It's definitely not anger. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say you know actually this leads to a good point. I would say uh, I would say sadness. I think America is a very uh, I would say it's a very like stoic place. It's very much like you know we have this you know kind of idea to you know just you know, be strong, level-headed, you know, we're the, you know, uh, I, I can really only speak for, like, men in America. I don't really, you know, I can't really speak on the experience of being a woman and what that's like here, but um, as a man, it's very much just, like, you know, man up, do your thing, you know, you know, it's it's your it's your burden to bear. You know, it's you might not ever be thanked, but you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going you know, to work hard, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. bootstraps. But, you but, know, you know definitely, definitely people, people, people get angry. angry. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very, it's very regional. Um, that's the thing. Like here in the, I, here's the best way I can describe it. So here in the South, everyone, there's this thing called like, you know, Southern hospitality and everyone's pretty nice to each other. And you go to a restaurant to order your food. You're having a full conversation. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? What can I get for you today? Blah, blah, all that. Whereas if you're like up North in New York, like it's like, you, they don't even say a word to you. Just tell them what you want. They turn around, they get it. And the, someone describes me like this one time on uh on the East Coast of America, people are kind, but they're not nice. And on the West Coast, they're nice, but they're not kind. So if you like had a flat tire on the East Coast, some guy would pull over and he'd fix your tire. But the whole time he's like, you fucking idiot. You don't know how to fix your own goddamn tire, whatever. Blah, blah. But on the West Coast, they'd pull over and they wouldn't help you. They'd just be like, oh, bro, that sucks. I'm sorry. And they'd go on their happy <laughs> little way. Mm. <laughs> but I feel like uh, in, in America, as far as being a man, it's it's a... Uh, it's a very stoic culture. We're very much uh, since you know the inception of the place. It's we've been very focused on you know Judeo-Christian principles mixed with the ideas of the Enlightenment, and so it's been you know very very stoic, trying to tap back into a lot of you know those those Roman ideals, and that's why you see our classical architecture that was built in you know everything built in like you know the 1700s uh through like the early 1800s even earlier than that was brought over from uh the ideas of the english too but that's why we tried to design things in that roman style and that's kind of stuck with us as you know an american identity to be like the new rome in a sense yeah i mean it's yeah. fundamental. in england it's like keep calm and carry on like that's also like let over yep. to you guys like and mm-hmm. um there's you know i mean i was in la for month in April giving sessions to clients from the USA like not all from LA and I really noticed such a difference I had to adjust my style of working to work with American people because I noticed that there's and you say this about like not allowing sadness but there's such a do I call it masks I'm not sure what I call it. there's a lot of layers you need to get through before yeah. you're actually going to get to the true like vulnerability of how someone actually is like you even said it like you go anywhere and you're like hey how are you you're like yeah I'm good you okay good yeah bye like 
it's like a, a performance that's happening because actually oh, if yeah. you said to someone, oh, yeah, actually, I'm not feeling that good. They're like, oh, um, I didn't actually want to know like what's really going on like deep down. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is like if you if you work if you work here, you'll get this conversation a lot. Oh, hey, bro, how's it going? It's going. And that's how you know someone's really going through it. <laughs> or they're having a terrible time. Like, it's going. <laughs> or like, yeah. they're like, another day of paradise. <laughs> Not that it's like, all right. And then you move on. It's That's horrible. Like, I literally ban the words like good and great and fine in my work. Because if, if I say to someone like, how are you feeling right now? Like in a session, they're like, yeah, like my body feels good. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, does your body feel like light? Does it feel, is there like energy moving through you? Like, what does it actually mean to be great? It's like, oh, actually, yeah. like, I feel really peaceful right now. Or I feel really excited or I feel really relaxed. And that's good. You got to get them break out the SAT words. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so anything that's generic, like good, great. It's like, okay, but like that tells me nothing. If I'm an alien, I have no idea what that means about how you're actually feeling right now. And yeah, it just, it's really sad. Like I've, maybe the British are too sad. Like we're super melancholic. Like they'll always have something to complain about. We're always like, this isn't working and this isn't working but there's an element of like I'm, I, I enjoy that in a way like when I was in America I'm like get me back to Europe like I need some sad people around me who are just like at least being yeah. real at least being like authentic with like what's going on because I yeah I remember getting on a flight once it was like a, a I flew once like it was British Airways and then my connection was united and the first flight was just like good morning welcome okay take your seat and then the next flight they're like good morning welcome yeah oh, we're, like, I just <laughs> we're just a big country of camp counselors that's all we are yeah. everything's incredible <laughs> everything's amazing all the time no it's so annoying i'm sorry yeah. guys like you know. no no it's i to, we get it we get it yeah. i mean because we I go know. through it and we just you know but it's just like our that's like our homeostasis so we walk past it but the amount of times like it's just like makes me feel trapped in that corporate bubble when i get on there and i got you know like you know another training session today and it's always the same thing it's like good for you guys sitting in your cold little office while i'm sitting in my parked car in a 90 degree parking lot while you guys are so excited to be here and i would just rather be at home right now so we're all excited to be here and you have to put on that mask every day you go to work like wow this is the best thing ever this is my calling i love selling power tools at a home depot in lake wales <laughs> This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I hate. So actually, yeah, sorry, to um, keep talking over you. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just I'm listening to you, to your guys's podcasts. <laughs> I'm Brady, enjoying. We can continue now. We yeah. found the <laughs> Yeah. I wanted to ask though. You see so many people from different backgrounds that are all united in not the same trauma, but just sort of bad experiences from their past. Um, they're just like, you know, I believe personally that everyone sort of has to go through some certain amount of traumatic experiences, bad experiences to make them a whole complete person. So like from your experience or point of view, like, do you think, um, this is sort of like by design, if you're going to speculate, does life, you think life maybe sort of ha is predetermined in some way, but I mean, not completely, but you know, it does seem like there's patterns in everyone's life that it's like, okay, there's something, there's some like underlying design that we're all sort of going through the same emotions, maybe not the same experiences, but the same sort of things like that. Yeah, philosophical here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not going to have the answers. I know you're not, but I'm just saying your personal okay. belief. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's interesting you say this. Like I also used to be more of that opinion that like, I mean, I even have a tattoo on my back that says like by daily dying, I, like, the daily challenges and things that I've overcome make me who I am as a person. And I do like 100% 
believe that. But I al- almost want to like throw this in here because I'm around my friend right now who's gentle parenting. And she was like, actually, why do we have this opinion that people have to go through trauma to be fulfilled and, or to like complete some kind of cycle? Not to say like you never have to experience sadness or anger or grief, like they're really natural, healthy emotions. But it's almost in a way of like a trauma occurs when we're not really allowed to feel those emotions fully in whatever shape or form, which is normally coming from someone breaking a process. So when I'm watching my friend gentle parent, like if her daughter trips up and hurts her knee, like, yes, it's painful. Yes, it's sad. And she's allowed to feel that it moves through her. And then it's no, it's not traumatic. Whereas like if potentially like something that had happened when you're younger and then you're not allowed to feel sad and then you store that inside and then your body learns like I'm not allowed to be sad about this. Um, I just wonder if like, is that actually true that we have to go through pain and trauma? Because I've worked on some people who, I mean, it was somebody who they didn't even need a session. And it's hilarious because I just look at a book on this bookshelf and it's the name of this person. That's super weird. Um, Like Rainier. But essentially they had like healthy parents. They had a good upbringing. They had like no, no intense trauma. And they were not, they weren't a douchebag. They're like a super kind person. They navigate their day. They're like working a job that they really enjoy. And I had a session with them because this person had, their partner had lost a baby. So that's like a big and then when I'm asking him like how are you navigating with this and he's like yeah like we sat together like we've cried together like we've we've gone and went and like did a, a pretend burial and like we processed through it and it's actually like not traumatized him because he has this, the ability to regulate those emotions through him so, so I don't think it's that like of course traumatic things are going to happen but I really feel like we can be better prepared we could have been better prepared to handle those things from our upbringing and I feel like that's what like a lot of us are doing now it's like when we have children, when I have kids with you guys, haha. No, but like when we have children, it's essentially like, can we provide a more nurturing space and more accepting space and more loving space for that kid to be ready to, to handle when life's trauma? Because yeah, I don't know if it's predetermined. That would be getting a little too spiritual. Like I do believe that we have to go through certain challenges. Like I've had this myself of like chronic illness and certain things that have come on my path that if I hadn't felt those, I wouldn't be able to hold space for people right now in their own process like everyone I'm working with that's going through a challenge it's like I I can kind of see the future and I see like oh this woman is really struggling with this topic and I see that in like a few years she's going to be able to help other people with that topic like almost preparing you initiating you into whatever area of life that's like it gives you that wisdom it gives you that patience it gives you that empathy that you can't you can't buy empathy I, I see so many people before I did this emotions work like I joined a coaching program and it was it pissed me off so much like I'm really a person about authenticity and these people were like yeah like I think I'm gonna be this kind of coach or I'm gonna be this kind of coach and like I'm just gonna finish the certificate and be this coach I'm like cool like what's your like what's your experience with this topic they're like yeah I mean it's just I did some meditation a few times so I think I could be a meditation coach for like okay like where's the the juice and I think that's what I find with the emotions thing is like when people are really tapping into like deep rage deep sadness joy pleasure like when it was never allowed before, that's in- expanding their ability to hold that in themselves and others. So I don't even know if that answers your question, but my ADHD brain just go- goes off on many tangents. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're all about. Big tangent, guys. It is pouring out here. I might have to move inside. Can, can you guys hear the rain? No, okay, you, as long as you guys can't hear it, it's fine. Okay, sorry about that. I just had to throw that in before I ruined my entire audio. It's mm-hmm. a it's a morning it's a morning in Florida, so naturally, it just decided to monsoon. It, it's, it's literally sun. sunny and it's coming down harder than anything I've ever seen. That's what she so, said. So, oh, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> um, so, so like, what do you think are the ways in which 
like processing the emotion sort of makes the weight of it, I guess, lift off of you? Do you think it's sort of, maybe it's all these things or like, you know, like ex at least accepting that it's happened to you and that way, you know, you know you have to deal with it or do you think it's like coming up with a reason on how it's benefited you or at least um, maybe you realized that it happened for a particular reason or... Yeah, I would say that's almost like the word closure. Like when you realize that something happened for a reason, but that really, that happens retrospectively. Like in the, in the moment or when the emotion is like really intense, like you're not going to be there like, this is happening for a reason. You're just going to be like, I feel horrible right now. And I don't know what the hell to do about it. Like the, the closure and things like this seemed for me at least come like way after. Like when you're like nostalgically looking back and you're like, what has happened the last five years? And you're like, wow, actually, if I hadn't done this and this and this traumatic event hadn't happened this chain of events wouldn't have occurred that you can look back on but actually like in the moment when say something is triggering a core wound inside of you and you're like i'm feeling really angry right now and i'm not really sure what it's about but i know it's like it's realistically not because someone's just cut me up in traffic it's probably something deeper that it's touching on in those moments actually like letting the emotion release it is making you lighter like every client i have after a session is led there and they're like wow like my body literally feels lighter like people's faces change in sessions like they they come off the table and it's like they've literally like morphed into like a different face that's like less heavy like eyes look lifted eyes are shining like diamonds the facial muscles when people stop holding tension like in their jaw and in their cheeks and in their like forehead like this like people's face relax like people get less wrinkles jesus from doing this because it's like the tension in your body it's like, okay, cool. Like, I don't have to be like this. I don't have to navigate my life like this. We don't even realize we're tense most of the time before starting to do this work. Only when you suddenly, someone touches your shoulders and you're like, oh, ow. And you're like, oh God, I didn't even know that that was like sore right now. Or like someone, I don't know, pokes your leg. Like ideally you could be poked everywhere. It sounds really dodgy, but like in an ideal world, like anywhere you get touched, if your body is not holding onto like emotions, then it shouldn't hurt anywhere. Like your calf, your hamstring, your foot, like if anywhere in your body, you feel that there's like tension or pain, there's something there to look into. Mm. Yeah. How, do you, how do you, um, how do you feel about uh, like the idea of being stoic? Because I, I feel like we personally, Tyler and I focus a ton on that in our friends and we read like Marcus Aurelius and go through and send each other, like, you know, like stoic quotes, meditations, and the idea that we're just vessels through which we can react to stimuli and all of your control is based on how you react to things. Do you think that's, counterintuitive to what you practice do you think or do you think that they're kind of hand in hand because uh, i feel like you know the one downside to that kind of philosophy is that you end up repressing a lot of things that you because you're in control of how you process things you may not process them properly yeah yeah like stoicism is suppression in some shape or form like the word react is really good because when we're doing this kind of work you're essentially moving away from reacting to responding and that's like a huge difference between those two things like especially when it also comes to anger like if a stimuli comes up and you react to it it's not control Whereas if you are able to you receive it, and this could happen in like a microsecond, but you're still coming from a place where you understand what is happening or what the trigger is. You know that, okay, if I, if I react like this now, it's because I'm being passive aggressive when really they've hurt my feelings, but I'm not able to communicate that. And through doing emotions and anger work, at least for that emotion, you're at least able to be like, okay, I understand right now that I'm angry, but it's not because of this. It's actually because it's touching on this core wound and I have a choice now of how I respond. It's like a, the, one of my coaches calls it like the sacred pause. 
And I feel like stoicism is good for that aspect, but it's like one half of the journey. Like you are also still an animal human vessel with an energy moving through it. Like emotion is energy in motion. It's something that literally just wants to move through you. It wants to be felt and it wants to leave. And it isn't making you like less enlightened, less stoic for letting that emotion pass. If anything, it's like hella mature to do that because you're like, okay, mm. I realize right now, like if I just let this emotion sit and simmer, if I'm gonna be stoic about it, where is it gonna go? Okay, it's just gonna get pushed down. And then it's gonna show up in like body symptoms, illnesses, diseases. Whereas like if we just let it flow and let it out and that can take like a 30 seconds, like emotional release doesn't have to be hours of screaming. It's like a muscle that you have to train. So like when people do meditation or people do yoga, like it's a practice. Like your emotional release is also a practice. And at some point now, like, this is how it's for my reality. Like something bothers me. I like, I feel it, I cry. And then within two minutes I can start laughing again. Like it's like, you're just flowing like a, like a child. Like we just want to take inspiration from how kids are. That's essentially what yeah. we're trying to get ourselves back to. Cause that's, that is our true essence of living as humans. That's, yeah, that's, that's quite, it's uh, quite literally what we're like told to do as well, you know, and, and, and most, you know, philosophies, there's always a lot of, uh, endearment towards children or finding your inner child or you know uh reverence towards children i mean i come from a i'm, I'm catholic so i come from a christian background a big thing is that like it's uh in the bible there's part where, he's, where jesus says that it's much easier you know for children to get into heaven than any adult you know it's much easier like, because the way they go through like he said like you know let the children come to me you know like don't you know don't prevent them don't stop them. You know, kind of thing. So I, I feel like uh, the, the essence of all this is that we have been trained since we were children. It's been putting up roadblocks to train you how to be an adult when in all, you know, reality of it is we had it right then because we didn't know any better. There was no training. There was nothing in the way. We were only acting naturally on our instinct, which is probably much healthier for this. Yeah, yeah. It's something I wanted, pretty oh, sorry. why I'm doing this. <laughs> I wanted to ask, you don't do any of the... Like, like the massage, do you? Mm -hmm. Body work, I mean. Oh, you do that one? Where you do like the pressure points? Yeah. In the body? Yeah, so this is the thing. Emotional release also works online. So, I mean, you guys also, I'm happy to offer if you guys want to have a session to like see how it feels to have it on, like online. Like you called it an exorcism, but like I literally even last week had a client literally have an exorcism through a Zoom. Like I'm not even in the room with her and it's like huge processes going on and like entity was leaving her body in a way. Like I'm always a bit like wary to say that word because it's like, I actually think they're more like some really suppressed parts of ourselves that are coming out and leaving the body. But the body work, it's, it's something that it took me a year to really be comfortable with it from when I learned it, because it's like, you really also need to give yourself as a practitioner, like a lot of permission to go like quite intense. And like, I'm also wary of like not being too much for someone's nervous system or their body. But yeah, I use the body work skills as well like you're really working with like different parts of the body and different pressure points can relate to different emotions so realistically i'm working with kind of the same areas because i'm doing a lot of anger stuff so the hips the tops of the legs the psoas muscle like by where the appendix is the solar plexus and the liver the traps and the shoulders the neck and the jaw they're like the main points that i end up working with people because that's where we're storing a lot of suppressed anger in the body and yeah sometimes you have to push really hard in those points but there's a strong protection mechanism going on in the body. So, so how do you how do you get people to that place virtually? Yeah, I mean the beautiful thing is like it's essentially working like a meditation. So that it's cool. We call it logging in, but you're like getting someone in such a deep state of meditation where they're still they're still here. Like you're talking to them at some point you're asked questions and you're going through the body, like where do you feel anything right now? And they're like, oh like I feel it in this point. But the the beginning part is 
so crucial because you're essentially getting them out of the cognitive ego mind and into the body like the subconscious realm and yeah basically like a session in person is just more intense a session in person is normally quicker because you can already be that person you're grounding them you're touching them you can like help with the energy moving through the body you can already start like pushing into certain areas but when it comes to anger it flows really easy like it's i don't know i don't tell you like i already i know how to let it build up like you can really think of anger being like an orgasm or at least a maybe a female one where there's like a build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, and then a release. I don't even know what that is, to be honest. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen that. Dude. I always, I always thought the, like... I always thought the orgasm was the friends we made along the way. I mean, I just. <laughs> it's like you guys are like, what is a clitoris? I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, like but for real, where, but something. where is it? But where is yeah. it? <laughs> it's always higher than you think, boys. <laughs> like belly button area, or yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah i don't know how else to answer your question like anger releases people basically just need to be given permission and the space and that can happen also online so, yeah. so there's no breath work or no the only breath we use is the like emotional release breath and this is more like when you breathe a deep breath that would, would normally not be very relaxing like you'd be like like cool it's a it's a breath but when you're doing like an emotional release breath you're using the voice which is your main channel of release and for a lot of people, that's super blocked. Like, there's a lot of shame that comes up when you think of doing like, uh, like a lot of people have trouble even doing that. Like that's already uncomfortable. They're like, I don't want to sound weird. Like what if I sound gross or like it's not attractive, blah, blah, blah. There's already a story. Coming. And when you're in a session, it can really help to guide you deeper into a process. So oftentimes if someone's like, yeah, okay, I'm feeling a bit of sadness right now. It's like, okay, like, can you allow the sadness to be there for a moment? I'm like, take a breath with me and let's do that. And they're like, oh, they're like, okay, yeah, I can allow it. It's really uncomfortable. Okay, yeah, but I can allow it. And then that's already like one step closer to meeting that emotion. And then like oftentimes like releases can come just from doing the breathing. But we're very rarely taking you into like some kind of trance with the breathing more than a few minutes. Because yeah. It's just so there's no visual hallucinations at all? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. No, there there is, we go. There is, there is. <laughs> Fire so me up. In breath work, obviously, like Vim Hof, and when you're, getting, you're really tapping into the DMT aspects, like that is trippy AF. Like you're really seeing intense visuals coming through because you are still accessing this like very deep subconscious place inside of you. And then all of these images are coming up. In emotional release sessions, there's like three main channels that you're going to have come up. So it could be like sensations come up. So it like the same in breath work, like your body feels tingly or you feel like there's a weight on your chest or you have a headache or like somewhere your body is giving you signals and you can go down that avenue. Sometimes emotions come up. So like, okay, I focus on my chest and now I feel really sad. And then you can go elaborate on that sadness and like, let it be there. And like, is this your sadness or someone else's? Oh, I think it's someone else's. Oh, okay. Is it masculine or feminine? Oh, I think it's masculine. Could it be your father's? Could it be older? And then you can go down those avenues already just from one emotion coming up. But for a lot of people and myself included, I get a lot of the, like, we call it the soul vision, like the, you can call it imagination, your mind's eye, whatever it is you want to call it. A lot of visuals start to come up for people, memories, places, animals, objects. Because this place that we're tapping into is the same place where we dream. Like your subconscious basically talks to you through your dreams, through your body, through manifesting people in your life. Like it can't send you an SMS and be like, hey, the, the pain in your shoulder is because of this childhood trauma. No, it's going to send you a reoccurring dream about something. And in, in these sessions, it could be that you're 
seeing like you'd be like Ashley what the fuck I'm seeing like a, a phoenix and it's like why is it here it's so like bright and visual and we're like yeah we're just gonna go with this like you can go so creative with these sessions that there's no wrong way to do it like your body is just telling us guiding us and oftentimes there's like a process that needs to complete with it and maybe like the phoenix says something it needs to tell you or it's like it needs to like burn down a whole your old house or something like this for there to be closure of a certain topic it's why like honestly in the hundreds and hundreds of sessions i've had it's never been the same because even with a client if you do every week with the same person there's a different process coming up a different thing that's ready to be looked at that's kind of why i love this because you just get to be so creative and just flow with what's coming up in the moment so is that only achievable through breath work or no like we do this in in this session in these kind of sessions how does that how does that happen can you explain it or it's just sort of like it just just yeah i mean definitely for some people the channel is not that active like i had a client today and she's it's not that visual for her like even when she's like i feel my mother i'm like do you see your mother and she's like no like i just feel her energy present so we worked on it in that way but other clients might be like i see my mother and she's wearing a red dress and her face looks really sad and i'm in a field and like they just go and i'm like okay we're rolling with this like we continue down that whole the visual like okay what's down the road like keep walking and they're like oh like i'm coming up to this like house it's like okay how does the house look and feel like and how does it smell like when you start to bring the senses into it your body starts to be experiencing it as if it's real and it also like helps with the processing and processing of it a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't tell you like what, what would come up, how it would come up. It's really dependent on like your own constitution of like how you process things more. Yeah. How do you think that's possible if, cause I've experienced visual stuff doing Wim Hof, but how, how is that? Is it just because they're like super, I guess I've had some also like meditating and just kind of being in that state between like being awake and asleep and I could like see some stuff or I felt like I could, uh, like I felt like my eyes were open when they weren't actually. Um, so do you think it's yeah. something like that? It's that state between sleeping and being awake. That is where mm-hmm. we go. Session. Okay, yeah, like, that makes sense. Sometimes when people come out of it, they're like, what did you put in my water? Like, did you just give me mushrooms <laughs> or something? It really, it feels like a psychedelic <laughs> And honestly, this is why I kind of, I know that this is something that's really important because so many countries in the world are not going to be allowing hallucinogenic drugs in a therapeutic way anytime soon. Any so wild. I feel like in, in yeah. almost every culture, there's some, there's some kind of, you know, ceremony around psychedelics. Uh, that was like necessary as joining a part of society. I feel like, it, and this is something I've explored. I don't think I've really talked to you about this, Tyler, even, but like, I feel like in, you know, I I don't know how it is. And it's probably very similar over there in Europe, but it's like, it's it used to be this, you know, you know, almost spiritual ceremonial thing. And it's turned into, uh, you're in high school being a rebel and your friend got a bag of mushrooms and we're going to take them. And it's not like this spiritual thing anymore, but it's, that's people's introduction now, instead of like a reverence towards what it is and its usefulness and using it as a tool and a medicine, it's like, it's now just a substance. And I say that that stigma, if we can, you know, remove that, but it's that the use of psychedelics is pervasive through all human culture yep. for all of time. And this method gets you to that point without needing to take psychedelics. That's what's so wild about this. I, I'm, I've like read a lot about like psychedelic therapy and I love like in some countries in Europe, it's legal, like ayahuasca and things are legal in some countries. But there's definitely elements of like, the AA program in America. Actually, there was a 13th step and it was about taking acid. Like it's got removed yeah. because of the whole war on drugs. That's but intense. it's like, yeah. <laughs> there was like, there was like a decade and a bit worse of research happening in your country about the therapeutic use of psychedelics to heal people. And then at some point it just got cut and it's as if it never existed. So like James, the 75 the year old guy on our team, 
he was in that era of like he was like i took acid every day for like 15 years and he's like in that way of like expanding consciousness so much and expanded consciousness in people is dangerous because it means that the society is not going to stand much longer like let's be real like there's a reason why society doesn't want us to express our emotions doesn't want us to be autonomous doesn't want us to think bigger than the structures that we're given because then the people benefiting from it would crumble mm-hmm. right? it's it makes sense why they've like control been... yeah it's control yeah. now uh, a little a little rapid fire uh quick topic change that i just that just came across my mind uh do you believe in ghosts yes <laughs> have you ever seen one yeah it's it's funny you say this um I mean, I always had this, like, my my mom, like, would always, like, there was always animals, like, she would always have, like, animals coming to her in, in her, like, she'd just be like, yeah, it was just a rabbit in the end of my bed, or, like, a deer walking through my room, and, like, as a kid, I never really, like, understood, and I, I always knew, like, as a kid, I would definitely, like, feel things in my room at night, but never really, I'd be like, hell no, like, hiding under my duvet, and I'm like, no, 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 go back to sleep, like, I'm scared, I'm scared, and in the last couple of months, in particular, since I've really been, like, I'm gonna say, like, another level has been reached of like how I'm facilitating and how I'm really guiding people in process. And with that has also come a lot more activity in the other realms. And to the point of like, I have woken up and like seen things in my room with my eyes open and I'm just like, I'm not afraid of you now, but I'm just like, I don't have time for you. So please. And like finding this dynamic with these energies, which I still can't fully explain, but not being so afraid of it now, because I really understand like if you're really connected into the, like your light or your heart some people would call it god like whatever it is that you want to call it but there's a certain element of like I, you don't need to be afraid of also yeah, yeah. do you believe in ghosts i love this question it's so oh, relevant. um absolutely <laughs> uh yeah for sure i i don't know if i've ever actually seen one, but i used to go uh where, where so where i grew up over in jacksonville it's up north there's a town just south of it called saint augustine which was actually the first city in this in uh in the united states it was in florida though so it wasn't technically like and the states were, but like in what we call the continental U.S. now, that was the first city. So it's been around since like 15, uh, I want to say like 15, 16. And I would go there with my friends all the time. I would take girls on dates there and we would stay till like two, three in the morning going ghost hunting, walking around this old town because there's horror stories around this place. I mean, we're talking, you know, wars were fought at this fort and, you know, yellow fever ravaged the place. They got attacked by pirates constantly. So it was like, you know, there's a lot of very negative energy all around the place. And uh, Sounds like a plot to Scooby-Doo episode. Well, it feels like it. The one one I can say that undeniably freaked me out was we were in this, like, medieval torture museum in this place, me and my my ex-girlfriend. And we walked into this room, and there was this device, which was just a large saw over a table. And we were just standing in there. It was just us in the room. This thing was not connected to anything. You could operate it yourself. You could pull on this rope, and you could operate it yourself if you wanted to. But while we were standing there alone in this room, it just slowly started to go. And then it went, like, full tilt swing. And we were like, all right, time to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, not hanging out for that one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I've definitely weird stuff like that. And I've definitely seen stuff in dreams. Uh, in dreams, I've had some terrifying, terrifying dreams that i cannot explain uh which i don't know if i've ever talked about this on the podcast so i might go into this my scariest dream ever have i talked about this tyler do you remember where i was yeah i, was I also talking. have a scary dream that i'll talk yeah. about too i was uh this was a couple years ago probably like three or four years ago now and i was uh i was house sitting and doing respite care work for uh an adult with autism and his parents were out of town so i was staying with the weekend uh helping with him and his grandmother and when i went to bed i had this dream that scared the shit out of me to this day uh, it started out normal i was at a bar with my dad and my brother and we're having a good time and then somebody stole my credit card so we went up to go you know kick this dude's ass 
oh, we're going to get Brady's credit card back. And when we get there, he, he like looks up and his eyes are just black and he just starts laughing. And then the whole scene just melted around, which is me and this guy. And then he disappeared. And I woke up in, uh, in the room I was, but I didn't actually wake up. I thought I woke up, didn't actually wake up. And I just saw this body hunched over by the door, just like fetal position, like, you know, shriveling, whimpering in pain. So I got out to go pick it up and I realized it was my brother. And so I picked up my brother. I was like, dude, oh my God, like, get up. Are you okay? Okay. Like, come on. What's up? Like, wake up, wake up, wake up. And and then, uh, and then he like, his head like flopped back and he opened his eyes and his eyes were black. And then he started laughing at me and bang, I woke up again. This time I'm in the room and it's storming outside. And, uh, and then I just felt something grab my feet and start dragging me under the bed, like started trying to pull me out of the bed. I couldn't get out. And then uh, I, I, I was trying to pray. And I was trying to pray in Latin and I was saying the Our Father, but I couldn't say, I could not say heaven in Latin. I, all I could get through was Our Father who art, and that was it. That was it. Like, Pater, Pater Noster, quiescent, nothing, 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 nothing. And then boom, I woke up normal, back in the room, TV's on, everything's fine. I was like, what the fuck was that about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was wild. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Terrifying. Like, lucid, <laughs> the lucid dreams, but they're like really. I've had this as well when you really, I mean, I'm, I've had it when I literally feel like something's like on the bed, like you feel like the weight of the mattress, yeah. like two days ago, like I felt like something was like, as if like hands or like the weight of the mattress is like shifting because there's another weight. On um, I know Tyler has one to say, but I know I told you guys, like I had a session last week with somebody who, who had almost like an exorcism on her session, like on Zoom. And I was in a room where there's like a big plant, like a Monstera plant. And there's no window open, there's no heating on, there's nothing that can make a draft of air. And as she's having this session, the leaves of the plant move of it as if something has just like moved it. And like, and not, yeah. even, not even like little, it was like the whole branch moved. And I literally was just like, out loud, was like, no, like I do not have time for you right <laughs> not now. Not time for this, day. yeah. <laughs> it's like wild. And she actually had this whole process then of like an entity trying to like in her session it was like trying to pick her hand up and move her and she was like telling it to go away and things like this and i was just like what the fuck is going on yeah yeah but it's um my i have like a mentor who she's really very open i'm gonna call it psychically open but she's had this happening for many years and she's kind of been guiding me a bit with this and she's like the more you're leaning into like a holding space for so much intensity of other people's processes like the darkness of people's stories like i'm exposed to every day i have to have a lot of protection to that in a way and naturally like there's just a lot of collective topics going on in our planet in our world that are like really fucked up and of course if there's somebody who's like trying to hold that and like work through that for themselves and for other people these fucking things are like oh okay we're attracted to the light and it's like and a more so yeah I want to hear Tyler's dream now, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, mine's pretty short, but basically I was, uh, sli- I, it was sophomore year of college and I was sleeping next to my girlfriend and we had been watching recently this uh, docu-series on Netflix called Don't Fuck With Cats, which oh, was basically great, about a serial show. killer. Yeah, it was about a serial killer. And uh, that night I drank like a lot of Kratom and in my dream, it was just my girlfriend's face surrounded by like a black mist and like tremoring sort of. And then... Uh, an evil, a cliche evil voice was like, do it, kill her, do it. And then I woke up and she was like, you were choking me in my sleep. And I was like, all right. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry about yeah. that. So uh, nothing like that has ever happened since. But I think uh, I shouldn't be watching that evil, those evil uh, yeah, documents. Bad energy before bed. No more, no yeah. more negative energy before bed. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, other, other uh, rapid fire question. Um, if you could live in any other time period and place, what would you choose? Mm, I feel like ancient Egypt. Ooh, solid choice. Mm. Uh, I mean, I know obviously like anything back in time, you're fucked in terms of medical care and like life expectancy. But I mean, I, I have also like a, an ankh tattoo like on my chest and things like I'm really, I feel very intrigued and connected to ancient Egypt. Like I've had a lot of, lot of sessions, a lot of dreams where I've been back in this place, like in these like temples in this, like in the sand. I also, I mean, I also love the movie, The Mummy. Like let's not talk about like the, the ones after it, but like at least the first two years. <laughs> We shall not talk about three or four, but um, mm. there's just something that like deeply in, in, intrigues me because like also that time so far back in ancient history, I I feel like we just don't have any real understanding of what happened back then, like oh, yeah. what the pyramids are really there for, how ancient technology actually <laughs> works, how old these things are. Like I still really feel like aliens or some form of beings came down and like had a big influence on how like early civilization was. And yeah, I'm just kind of curious. I'd love to go back to that. I'm more I'm always so much more intrigued by like I wonder what like the day-to-day was like what what was the like shitty jokes they made toward each other like what were their memes <laughs> like what were they <laughs> they had hieroglyphics they had memes yeah exactly <laughs> they were like the OG memes <laughs> that's actually a perfect transition to my next rapid fire what do you what do you uh have you heard about any of the UFO and alien stuff going on over here in the states right now I know that they like the pentagon basically said like UFOs are real and we don't can't identify some of these objects and that's about it but have you been having more sightings is that also yeah there was there was a recent sighting that's like been uh, it's pretty undeniable what happened people are like this is way too like if if this was really just like a hoax then why do they care so much like why they shut this whole thing down down. tyler i think you you might know know more about what happened the Las Vegas one? Yeah, the Vegas one. Yeah, basically they just called the police and then uh when the police uh got the call on their body cam there was like a bright light in the sky when the cops showed up. No, the, the and, stuff uh, before that where the, the thing that like crashed in their backyard and the dude said he saw like a ten foot yeah. figure. Oh, I, mean, oh, I, I saw this. Yeah. yeah. I saw this. Like the, the cam and he's like on the phone to the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, there's like a weird tool thing and it doesn't look human and yeah, I saw I saw this like on the depths of conspiracy Instagram reels. Love them. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. My so happy since you're, so, so since you're British, when you saw uh, The Mummy, were you like, this looks like a good mother movie? Say that again, Tom. All right, no, sorry. It's a bad joke. <laughs> the Mummy. Oh, no, jokes always so bad when you have to repeat The Mummy. It took me a second. I was saying I since you're British, when you, if you like, if you... <laughs> when you first saw the movie The Mummy, were you like, oh, this must be a movie about the moms? <laughs> You're an idiot. That's definitely <laughs> it's like a, it's like a two. Think, it's nice to think like Stewie Griffin when he's like, mummy, mummy, mother, yeah. mummy, mummy, mum, yeah. mum, mum. <laughs> well, we don't want to take up too much of your time since we're well over an hour, but I did want to end at least. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, uh, so you did ayahuasca five times. Yeah, Where'd you do year. that? Where'd you do that? In one year? Oh, in one year. <laughs> Bro. that's crazy oh, how yeah. long ago was that I, in 2021 i was fighting some serious demons in 2021 so holy shit yeah. it wasn't 2021 was a rough go it was yeah. a rough go for everyone yeah there's a i don't know if you guys have heard of this astrological thing called a saturn return it's like something that normally happens for people around 27 to 30 there's like a period a time period 
that like basically if you're not on the right path normally things in your life like fuck up because they need to crumble so you can start coming on your right path in the right way and it's often why like even the mm. the 27 club is a thing of like a lot of people die around 27 or like celebrities and things like this let's just say that 27 was for me 2020 and that was the like beginning of everything going to shit and mm. yeah really having to go through a lot of a lot of traumatic events and not including COVID, like add the pandemic on top. And yeah, in 2021, I was like really on this path of like, how do I heal? How do I get better? Like there's so many things that I'm trying to understand about myself and my life and my body and why I'm in so much pain and all these things. And yeah, I did in I did ayahuasca in Belgium and in Mallorca. Those are the two centers that I went to for it. And it was heavy. Like I really, I definitely, enjoyed some of it for sure and i got like a lot of insights but after the last one i fell into like an eight month depression because mm -hmm. there's also a i think a really it's getting more and more popular and then that way it's almost like the support and integration is just not there for you when you do like you go and it's like 30 people on a retreat and you're there for a weekend and yeah they do like a really good closing circle where you can share about your experience and they can like spar with you a bit but where is the support for like the month the two months after like I would really advise anyone yeah. who just want to do it. It's like get a psychedelic integration coach or somebody who's going to like help you prepare, help you like also like actually prepare like physically, like what you need to do to be ready for it. And then how the hell do you integrate all that stuff? Because otherwise you just opened a huge box of <laughs> yeah. heavy shit sometimes. And then you're like, okay, how do I integrate this hugely enlightening experience back into like the matrix of my day-to-day -day life? And I couldn't <laughs> do that. It yeah, did not amongst all the shit going on. Yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine going on one of those and then coming back and being like, Dad, guess what I just did? Like just even that aspect. Like you can't even share it with a lot of people because they'll look at you all sideways. Yeah, my parents were like, So you went were you like dancing naked like cavemen around a fire? And I was like At times yes. Like we did as well. Yeah. That's kind of what you do. <laughs> so was it the synthetic or was it the uh, toad that appeared from the source? Yeah, so ayahuasca is actually a combination of a, a, a plant, like a root and a leaf that's combined and that's the ayahuasca drink. Oh, I think right. what you're thinking about is cambo, which is the frog poison mm. process. That's like more of a detox process. I actually did that three times in 2021, but mm. mostly after I had COVID because it's very good at like cleansing out if you've been sick, if you've had antibiotics and things like this. Um, the, Cambo is actually probably harder because I hate vomiting. And the purpose of Cambo is like they make some gates on you, like they, they, they burn some points on your skin and they place the, the poison. And then you for like five minutes, five, ten minutes feel really awful. Like you feel like like drunk nausea times ten. Like it's horrible. Like you your whole body is like pulsing and you're feverish and you're sweating and you just feel like you're gonna you're so nauseated and you drank loads of water before, so you vomit and it comes in about three waves like there'd be like firstly loads of water and then you kind of feel still feel shit then you vomit again and it's like more like heavier like solids and then if you can go to the third round which very rarely i can because i hate vomiting so much i hate feeling sick it's like so intense then normally there's like a lot of stuff coming out because it's extracting toxins from like your blood so people you can even see like candida can come out you can see like the different color of what comes out it means like different toxins were coming out if it was black or green or yellow or orange like it's it's a intense process to do but it's very um rejuvenating to go through and you feel like a fucking warrior for like five days afterwards like that's what they, they do this in the amazon before they go hunt they'll do cambo and then they go hunt and it's like like you've got like laser focus for five days like i, I launched like a whole coaching program in two days 
because I just had so much clarity I was just like I know what I need to do and I feel like I drank like a million coffees and I feel amazing and here we go mm. yeah I, I want to jam and play Fortnite <laughs> 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 Uh, you're probably gonna do cambo and then be like i'm gonna make a new fortnite yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what it will do it's like there's hella inspiration that comes with it as well yeah do you think it was beneficial long term even though you said like in the short term you were like damn that was maybe too much yeah yeah i, I mean if i could go back to my past self i'd probably be like do you more just need a hug instead of going and making yourself vomit again <laughs> Like, and that's the thing. This I is overkill. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so you can, that's... like, there is a thing as healing overload. A lot of people in the spiritual field do that. They're like, the next thing, I'm going to do this and then this and then this. And I'm like, why didn't you also take five minutes or maybe a month to integrate that process before going into the next intense process? Because, yeah, we barely give ourselves any time to, like, actually reflect on what shifted and then, like, how can I make changes in my day to day based on what I experienced? And then when it feels right, move on to the next healing thing as well. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Sorry, the dog was doing cute shit. Fisher, come here. This is for everyone. He's got his little turtle. He's got a little snapping turtle plushie that he's in love with. Walked up to me, but sorry, I just felt like sharing. Um, so, um, I feel like we covered it all. Yeah. I mean, we probably didn't, we didn't cover it all, but I feel like I covered everything that I was definitely going into this that wanted to wanted yeah to i really just out, wanted to so. ask about the ghosts so i really love the rapid fire question thank you and like yeah. there's nothing else i really need to add like if you guys are curious like i'm here if you want to do a session or something because it's really maybe even give you more insights into actually like what this is about and um if anyone listening yeah. is curious then like they know where to find me i'll like give you the the links and everything yeah, yeah drop actually drop link, v frost plug it up right now yeah yeah actually yeah. v frost on instagram yeah um, um at emotional releases if you want to look at like the main institute that we with all the hella exaggerated videos of people being really intense <laughs> do you um do you have maybe any practices that don't uh involve needing a guide that people can just sort of have in their back pocket um to do by themselves yeah on my instagram there's loads of videos of different ways to release anger and process through any emotion of anger that's coming up but like if you want to go really really beginner because actually those those emotional exercises are almost like the peak of the build-up like we were talking about the orgasm or like you're going to be doing them as the release, but like, actually, if you're at the beginning of that process, like how the hell do I even like activate that energy? Simple things you can do is, is shaking, like standing up and like for five minutes, put some music on and just let your body shake. Like thinking of it, like you're shaking up a snow globe. Like if your your whole day is spent like rigid playing Fortnite, like not moving a lot, <laughs> the energy is also stagnant in the body. So like doing things that involve movement, but movement that's not like controlled. So even if I said like put music on and dance, it's like, don't dance like a white guy at a wedding. Like, but actually like, how does my body want to move? Like, does it want to do like some waves or like curls or like, does it want to move my arms? Do I want to look really weird or like stretch in weird places? Cause that's also like the facial tissue in your body is then like moving and it's starting to like release the energy that's there. So actually like movement, breathing, using the voice, like they're already like really beginner things you can do before even getting into like emotional release aspects. Mm. Yeah. Well, this was so great. I loved having yeah, this you. Yeah, this um, went terrific. I, I loved every second. Yeah. Same, guys. I can hang out with you guys a lot. Like when I come to America, we're going to be in touch. I feel like yeah. Yeah, yeah, hit us up. Yeah.
That'd be awesome. For sure. Um, we're definitely going to be following oh. your life and career on Instagram. Hopefully, you'll come back on the podcast. Um, yeah, this you guys amazing. can, like, we're emotionally so aware now. We know what we're feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, so now that Tyler and I are better than everyone, what should we do next? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's beautiful because, like, you guys are so young. Like, some people don't even start to realize this stuff until they have, like, a midlife crisis. And then they're like, maybe I should get a therapist. Like, I love that everyone's doing this already in their 20s and, like, thinking about this kind of stuff because it already means, like, we're making less damage on each other and on the world as we all get older. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like it was uh, mushrooms, probably. Probably helped a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Just the, the, Moral the of the story, do drugs, up. kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Response. You're never, you're never too young for a Vietnam flashback, so yeah, hop on. It's the new age well, of Aquarius. Thanks everyone Thank for listening. Time. I enjoyed this, was, this a lot. This was great. Thank you so much to Ashley B. Frost on Instagram, everyone. All right. And thank you for listening, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's get out there. Let's get let's Whoops. get healed up. Yeah. Let's get healed up. Pop your potions right now. Pop, pop your shields. We're getting right. healed up. All right, so. All right, sorry. No more Fortnite references. Right yeah. <laughs> <All> right. Bye bye. <laughs>